fundamentally every human being on this planet. Yeah. That's the values. Right. Now, the question is, all right, where do we prioritize them? Spirituality may be high for me mm-hmm. and finances may be high for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotcha. So if your finances is high for you. Right. You're operating in a different mindset mm-hmm. than me from a spiritual perspective. Right. right? And right. that's where the conflict come in, because we no longer really respect that other people can be different from us. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to How I Discovered My Gift with David D. Simons. I am so honored and humbled that we're going to have an amazing guest on today's show. And you guys are in for a treat, those that are listening to How I Discovered My Gift. Let me tell you a little bit about Nathaniel X. Ross. For 25 years, Nathaniel X. Ross has been speaking to various individuals and groups locally and internationally on topics ranging from personal growth and development to corporate organizational strategies. Mr. Ross has spoken to world-renowned companies such as HBC, Wells Fargo, General Motors, Unisys, United Healthcare, FMC, City of Baltimore, and the State of Maryland, along with many others. In addition to Nathaniel's extensive corporate training portfolio, he has also made appearances on various radio and television shows. Nathaniel is wholeheartedly committed to sharing his message of hope, inspiration, hard work, and success with the world. Individuals who live in an area influenced by, uh, sorry, individuals who live in, in and are influenced by today's social and global climate need leaders who are honest, integral and Nathaniel embodies the essence of a great leader. Mr. Ross shares the formula to success with everyone he comes in contact with and encourages them to follow his example while discovering their own way to personal growth and development success. Nathaniel, thank you for coming on the show. Truly honored to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. Yes, yes. We're so excited to hear about your journey. Uh, How I Discovered My Gift is really a show to help people who aren't really sure where they should go as far as their trajectory in life. They don't have um, the guidance or the, the steps of what to take. What, what are they, what's their potential, what they're able to do? So knowing a little bit about your story, can you just take us to the beginning? Like, tell us about your, your story, your journey, your development from where you are today, from where you started. Well, I, if, if we go back, well, of course, we have to go back to when I was a kid. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and when I when I uh, wrote my book, From the Streets to the Boardroom, in the book, I took us back to the beginning mm-hmm. so that people could understand you don't get to where you get to without going through some stuff, mm. right? And uh, then you can more appreciate where someone's successes are in life. That's right. So going back to that, as a childhood, I had a pretty bad childhood. Mm. You know? Well, I, I should say I had challenges within my childhood. And and with those challenges and adversity, um, I had to learn at a very early age. So my mom was like, uh, 
the love of my life, but mm. she had a horrible boyfriend, mm. right? And he would beat her. There was abuse in the house. He was a drug user. Yeah. So there was a lot of unpleasant stuff. So I spent a lot of time in solitude mm -hmm. uh, in my room. Yeah. And I get to talk to myself. Mm. Um, but in talking to myself, I learned at a very early age how to be introspective, wow. right? Which means I had to get outside of myself. And I'm looking at me third party, like, wow. right? And being able to, to, to look at myself independently of who I am and what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I was able to make observations that if I was just fully absorbed in me, right. I couldn't see. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is part of the skill set that helped me to be able to figure out where I'm going to go, in addition to all the other experiences that I encountered yeah. uh, you know, in, in, in my lifetime. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So... You grew up through the challenges of, of uh, in the in, in going through poverty, going through all the different things you experienced. How did you climb out? What is it? What what is it that you had mentors? You had tell us well, about that. Well, it's it's a combination. Um, and again, I can only share what my beliefs are. Right. Um, it's a combination of of God's grace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other part is the goodness and kindness of other people mm. that were willing to. Um, share their time yeah. and to share their knowledge. Um, and one of my observations in stepping outside of myself was, you know, as a teenager, uh, we hung out on the street, we played basketball and, you know, all kinds of sports, right. but, you know, mainly on the basketball court with our friends. Right. Um, the majority of my teenage years I spent helping, I became an intern at City Hall. Oh, wow. Um, and it all channeled from me meeting the a city councilman, my city councilman, uh, he was campaigning, wow. and I'm like, "Who are you?" Yeah, I mean, a black man walking through the neighborhood, yeah. in a nice suit and sh you know, shoes, shiny shoes. Mm -hmm. and, and he told me he was running for office, and I said, "Can I help?" Wow. And from that point forward, he started mentoring me. So again, through the grace of God and through the kindness of someone else, right. that it took me off of the streets of playing basketball and doing the stuff that I was doing to spending my days after high school in City Hall. Yeah. Where it's a whole different environment, yeah, whole different environmental influencers, right? So I learned a whole lot that I wouldn't have learned on the, on the court, on the basketball court. Look at that! Look at that! Yeah. So in this process, right? Because today, Nate, you you're a coach, you're an author, you're a speaker, um, a financial uh, expert. So where where did you find? Because a lot of people struggle with, what am I good at? What am I able to do? What did you find? that you were good at early on, and how did you find what you were able to do? Um, well, I didn't early on. Mm -hmm. um, I, I participated as a teenager in the model United Nations, the, um, you know, the, the, the state of Maryland had a, a youth government program, mm -hmm. um, and, and participating in those programs, um, I was doing it just for the experience, yeah. the exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, but what happened was when I was doing one of them, I was uh, the, with the state of Maryland, we took over the state legislature for three days. They, well, they let us use the facilities, right? Wow. And we, we were a, a model uh, assembly and eventually I became the youth governor through that program. Mm -hmm. But we, we went down and we would be in Annapolis and we would be passing legislation and having committee meetings and for three and a half days. Mm -hmm. and, and we, of course, got to meet some of the legislators while we were there. Yeah. And one of them that said in on our meeting said, you're a natural. 
And I'm like, mm. natural at what? Mm. Natural. He says, I could sit here and listen to you talk all day long. Wow. So that was the first thing for me to say, whatever you're doing, you need to be interacting with people. Look right? And then it followed up later in college when I was doing my, my speaking classes. Mm-hmm. Um, my professor told me, uh, you're just a natural at speaking. Wow. Right? And then as I went into my corporate job, we have corporate training where right. they teach you how to speak, right? Yeah. Your presentations. Yeah. And I did my presentation and they had a consultant that came in and did it. And the consultant said, I'm not even going to tell you what to do because you're so good at it. Just don't don't listen to anything we tell everybody else. In this <laughs> I'm like, okay. So that helped me to fine tune that I, I need right. to be interacting with people. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So in that process of, you know, figuring, okay, I can naturally speak. When was the point where you said, okay, now I'm going to take this thing that I now know I'm naturally good at and enhance it and improve and, and develop it into the level you've developed it to today? What, did you consciously do that? How did you, you know, go through that process of development? Well, I, I think it was, it was over a series of just different events that happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, my, my corporate job requires me to to speak whether it's to my team yeah. uh, or whether I'm presenting to a client or yeah. whomever so that that's kind of naturally there mm-hmm. um, but then I got people saying will you come and talk to my my social group my mm-hmm. community group or whatever and I go talk to them and people would say how inspired they were and they said you should be doing this for a living and, right uh, so that kind of say okay now I need to uh, I need to hone, hone my skills to get out and to be a motivational speaker. Yeah. So then I looked at how, now that I can naturally connect with people, mm-hmm. how do I take that natural ability and fine tune it so that I'm able to communicate to uh, whoever I am in whatever environment. Mm-hmm. So like yesterday yeah. I was working out in the gym. Yeah. Somebody called, uh, asked the, the, my trainer if they could talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. You want to talk to me? I take five minutes and talk to you, right? right. And he had Googled me and, wow. and had heard my um, video on, yeah. on Google. Um, and he started talking and asking questions about his finances. Yeah. But I was able to talk to him about his finances as it related to being in a gym setting. Wow. Um, so th- that's the fine-tuning part of it, I right? See. So let's take what you know and convert the conversation to something that you're familiar with so that you own it as opposed to me giving you a financial conversation that, that goes away as soon as the conversation's over. That's great. That's, so where did you learn these skills? Did you just develop them? Did, you know, how, did you invest in training to develop yourself and further and all of these things? Well, some of it's formal training. Some yeah. of it's informal. It, you know, it's, it's some of it's, you know, just from reading books and yeah. attending workshops. Uh, I did... Um, go through the accelerated business school for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so I got the, got some of the exposure of some of the top entrepreneurs in the world right. and the, the one thing that I found is that um, I, I I'm able to take uh, complex information mm-hmm. and simplify it so the under the average person can understand it right and I think that's a disservice that we do uh, and when we're preparing information mm-hmm. in education is we make it too complex mm-hmm. right right now I, I Granted, you know, you, you're a college student or whomever, but in in, in the real world, yeah. most people in America read at a fourth, fifth grade reading level. Yeah. So if you're giving them college material and yeah. then saying comprehend that, they're not knowing what you're talking about and or if they've never been exposed to it. True. So you got to break it down and make sure that it's something they can relate and understand to. 
and not make and and they need to not feel bad in the process. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, speaking to that, the fact that you know you mentioned the college level, a lot of people in college are, are trying to understand what am I able to do? Just like your process, you know, if other people found it in you, what would you advise people listening to the show, people that are in this space right now, they don't know what they're good at, what they're able to do, how do they go about that process? What would you have shared with younger Nate to be able to get the understanding of how to find your gifts? Uh, you know what? The advice that I would give myself probably would not be good advice. Mm. So, because that advice would be um, to a, to a younger person, mm-hmm. find whatever your passion is mm-hmm. and do it. Mm. Because if you're doing your passion, it's not work. Mm. You you love it. You'll do it 18, 20 hours a day, right. and it's no problem, right? right? Um, and if I retrospective, if I look back retrospectively and say that to myself at a younger age, I would have missed all the experiences that I had that would not relate to what my passion was that I got mm-hmm. that helped me to get me to where I am today. Wow. So I would say if I had to give someone advice in this area, find out what your passion is yeah. and, and and do that. And if you can find employment in your passion, mm-hmm. do that. You know, start your own business yeah. in your passion, but do other things mm-hmm. so that it, it will take you to what your destiny is. Makes sense. How does one find their passion? You just love to do it, right? Love so, I to mean, do if, it, yeah. if you're walking around the house and all you're doing is singing and mm-hmm. singing in the shower and people right. are telling you you're good, you yeah. know, you, you got to pay attention to that. Listen to mm. the feedback that you get, right? Right. Uh, if you're naturally good with your hands and you can go out. I, I, I've, I've known people who have no uh, edu- ed- formal education, yeah. but could go in and take a car apart and put it back together. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, but that's an innate natural ability for them, or they just love working on cars. Right. So you got to figure out what it is. Mm. That, and, and then the other thing is talk to the people that are around you. Yeah. They'll tell yeah. you what you love, right? That's right. And one of, the, uh, one of my telltales is that I know in assessing a person mm-hmm. where their heart lies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All I got to do is follow their money. Mm-hmm. Where you spend your money is where your heart is. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Speaking of that, we've had a conversation before about values. Could you, could you share about that? Because I think that helps somebody once they've found their passion, once they know, you know, to, to stay in alignment. Could you, could you share on, on the values component? The, uh, values are, and you know what? It, it's interesting because we all have the same values. And when I tell that to people, they go, no, we can't have all the same values. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have the same values. The, the difference is that we prioritize them differently. Mm-hmm. That's where conflict comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go through them, we got um, spirit, spirituality. Right. We're all, you know, either you are or you're not, right? right? Or some, some degree within spirituality. Right. Everybody has a health issue that they have to confront, mm-hmm. whether to be healthy or not healthy, right? right? Uh, everybody has family and friends, mm-hmm. right? Unless you're isolated from your family and friends, right. but core, it's there. You were born into a family, That's right? True. And there's a social group around that family. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has a career, yeah. and if they're too young, they're in school. Right. So school is their career, right? Right. Uh, everybody belongs to a community, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we all need to educate ourselves, whether it's formal or informal education. True. Right. And then the last one is finances. Mm-hmm. We all have to deal with finances because that's how we transact in this world. That's right. Right. So that's I right. mean, so that's that's the values. Mm. 
that's it, fundamentally every human being on his plate on the planet. Yeah. That's the values. Right. Now the question is, all right, where do we prioritize them? Spirituality may be high for me, mm -hmm. and finances may be high for you, mm -hmm. right? Gotcha. So if your finances is high for you, right, you're operating at a different mindset mm -hmm. than me from a spiritual perspective, right? right? And right. that's where the conflict comes in because we no longer really respect mm -hmm. that other people can be different from us. We used to, you know, about 40 years ago, mm -hmm. we could have a conversation, we could agree to disagree, mm -hmm. and everybody was fine. Yeah. These days, if you don't think the way that I do, then right. you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That's great wisdom there. The values are so key. Now, tell us about, take us back a little bit. You developed this program, the Choices Program. Yes. And in helping people to make decisions and make wise choices through their lives. Tell us a little bit about that program, why you developed it, how it helps people in, in their process. Okay, so... Uh, like I said earlier, mm -hmm. I went through the uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur school for business entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, the accelerated school for business for entrepreneurs, and that's where um, um, a, a lot of the gurus that are out, like Tony Robbins mm -hmm. and all, have gone through, yeah. right? So, and all of that training is really done done off of uh, the teachings of Dr. Buckminster Fuller. Mm -hmm. So I went through that program uh, almost 20 years ago, wow. and uh, and and learned and really what it does, if if you can imagine, is you're, you're getting three and a half in three and a half days, you're getting a lifetime of knowledge. Hmm. That's how much information they're dumping. Wow. So you have to learn it at a fast rate, right? right? And it's taught through the accelerated learning process mm -hmm. where it's integrated with music and, mm -hmm. um, you know, writing and talking and, you know, so, but yeah. it, you, you actually have the experiences yeah. while you're in the room because we play games and wow. you learn what you're, and so that it's part of who you are. Right. Um, so when I went through it 20 years ago, I was, I, I asked one of the people that was putting it on, uh, where are the people of color? Mm. Mm. And they said, um, you're the number six black person to go through this program in the world. Wow. I was like, wow, that's what wow. I said. Wow, right? So for and me. How many people you think have gone through at that, at that point? I think it was about 40 or 50,000 people what? who had gone through it around the world. That's not the United States, oh it was around the world. Gosh. Um, so. Uh, I asked them, what are you guys going to do about that? Mm -hmm. And they basically said, nothing. What are you going to do about it? Wow. So uh, I studied the information and learned it and hung out with them. I became part of that circle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the people who have, uh, I had a great conversation with Jack Canfield, who is, is, is a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. um, and as I'm studying, uh, you know the information um, and I'm talking with DC who actually uh, owns the, the school mm -hmm. uh, and, and Carrie who's the head instructor there uh, I'm, I'm constantly learning so right mm -hmm. one of the things I did was I ended up hiring her as my coach mm -hmm. right and so she coached me for a year year plus wow. uh, again a very expensive endeavor right. but and I, I realized most people will never get this information. Most mm. people can't afford to get this information. Mm. And as I'm learning this stuff and integrating it into my life, I'm like, the average person can't do this. Mm. Right? Why? 
because it's too complex. Mm. Right? Gotcha. So then it was like, okay, how do I take all of this stuff that I learned and make it simplistic so that the average person can understand it? So I had two charges in front of me. One, make it affordable. The other, make it simplistic enough that they could, an individual could get it and integrate it into their life. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much you pay for it. If you can't integrate it, mm. you might as well not have it. That's true. Right? Yeah. So that's why I created the Choices Program because it took all of the learning that I had from the business school, mm-hmm. um, but also my life formal training and informal training. And I created the Choices Program to say, here's stuff that you got to learn in order to fundamentally play the game of life. Mm. And then put it in a way that now I do a three-day program that pull them out of their world into yeah. my world for three days. Yeah. And say, okay, here's what we're going to focus on. This is what you need to get right. in order to go out there and fight the battle. That's amazing. So that's one of the ways that you're leveraging your gift of you, you were strategically in that room, in that environment, and you took the information and now distilled using your gift to simplify and make content easier for people to understand. Now you turn it back and give it to other communities and other people that they can receive it um, and understand. I think that's great. Now with that, you know, you've obviously gone from, you know, I want to talk more about your journey. You went, you grew up in Baltimore and, you know, in the time that you grew up, Baltimore was going through a lot of different changes as a society and, and you were able to develop and leap from poverty into millionaire status. Yes. How did you do that? Because a lot of people I know are listening are wanting to do that. They come, may come from similar backgrounds or, or different um, dynamics, but there's not a lot of roadmaps for them to follow to learn how to do that. Yep. Yeah. So one step at a time. Mm. That's what it really comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what most people uh, do is they want to jump from one status to the next. Mm. And you can't do that. Mm. You, you're gonna have to. You have to go through the process. Mm. And as you go through that process, you're gonna learn, and you're gonna have lessons, and you're gonna um, you're gonna have some setbacks. Yeah. But you gotta have the determination to keep moving forward. Mm. Um, and and if you happen to be one of those that come up with a great um, idea mm-hmm. that can make you millions pretty quickly, yeah, um, that's a great thing. But it's also a curse mm. because if you don't have the knowledge and you get the money, then you start doing stupid stuff because the money is there that enables you to access stupid stuff Mm -hmm. that you have not mentally and emotionally prepared not to get caught up in. Mm Kind of like NBA athletes and NFL players. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, and and I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this, but if you look at, like, uh, someone like MC Hammer mm-hmm. from back in the day, right? Right. Um, how do you make sixty million dollars and then end up broke, right? Yeah. And, and it's a pretty simple answer. Yeah. He, he, no one taught him emotionally or financially, intellectually what he needed to know to come into that money because mm-hmm. he started from being a bat boy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now he's also instantly given millions. And what does he do? He has an entourage of 30, 40, 50 people that are sucking the life out of them, but there was no one there saying, hey, don't do that. Wow. You should not be carrying around this entourage. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's financially impacting you. Mm-hmm. And then these are not your friends. And, and, and <laughs> you know, they're not helping you to sustain. No one taught him that. If he had taken that 60 million 
and just put it into an investment in the market. Mm -hmm. The market does an average return of 10%. Mm. 10% of 60 million is 6 million. Mm. Live off the 6 million every year. Wow. Why would you mess with the original? That's right. Good. Or what you have earned, right? right? And then as you're performing every year, let that money go in and you just live off the interest of what you've made. Mm. We, we, we don't teach that stuff. No, no. So where did you learn, because you're obviously in the financial space, where did you learn these principles on the finance, in the finance world, investment world? And, you know, tell us about that experience. So I, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I am not a financial planner mm -hmm. I'm, uh, and I'm not a financial guru. Mm -hmm. Um, what I understand is, um, and I can't even say common sense, even though I like to say common sense, right? Um, what I, I, I understand is how to make numbers work in order to get from where you are to where you want to be, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I developed that skill through my internship at, um, uh, when I was on the Baltimore City Council, I was, uh, I was an intern to the vice president and president of city council. Mm -hmm. um, and when, as an intern, I could flow around and the mayor and everybody else, I'm, I was just an intern in the space. So they right. would speak freely in front of me. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, in, in committee meetings and I asked questions one-on-one -on -one with the council people, mm -hmm. or with the state legislators, and they explained stuff to me. And I got it, because you know, uh, if you can understand how to manage $100 fundamentally, then you can manage a thousand. Mm. If you can manage a thousand, you can manage a hundred thousand. Mm. You got to fundamentally understand the management first, mm. and then the, it, the rest is just adding zeros behind it. Wow, that's good. But you know, that's where that comes from is the, the exposure to the big numbers mm -hmm. at an early age and yeah. looking at how that's done, and then trial and error. Yeah. So, how did you get into the financial space? Because you are a speaker, you are an entrepreneur, you are an author. How did you get into that world? Uh, um, only, only in the sense that um, of of helping people, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in, in my corporate job, uh, there are different people that I've met, you know, um, custodians or employees in different departments, right. and they would say, "Hey, you know, do you know anything about 401k, or do you know anything about you know containing expenses?" And I sit down with them and I, I'd show them and they come back, man, that was really great. I understood what you said. I applied it and mm -hmm. turned my life around. Right. Um, so that's where it started from, mm -hmm. you know, just helping people. Right. right? right. Uh, and it was like, wait a minute, why don't I just take this, what I'm doing for these folks and put it into a system mm. that will help many folks. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you do today as a financial coach as well. You helping them help people to um, understand how to manage their finances, how to put put their financial house in order, and things like that. If nature. someone wants me to work with them from a financial standpoint, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But my my coaching really is uh, holistic coaching, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't want to make you strong in your finances, and then and then you're in, you're inept mm -hmm. in all the other areas, right? Because right? if, if you're not spiritually where you need to be, you're doing right. the wrong stuff with your money, mm -hmm. right? If you're not taking care of yourself from a health standpoint, it doesn't matter how much money you have, That's right? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not if you if you're not looking and taking care of your family, mm. um, understanding how to take care of them, and that doesn't mean give them everything they want. Mm -hmm. It means give them what they need, mm. right? And are you doing the right things with your money to be a good steward right. of what you've been blessed with, right? Right. And people always say, "Well, you know, uh, I want, I wish, I wish I had 
$10,000 more. I wish I got a higher paid job. Well, if you're not doing what you got right with what you have now, mm -hmm. why should you be blessed to get more? That's good. Right? And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Yeah. But, you know, if you get more, all you're going to do is the same thing that you're doing with what you have now. Wow. So. wow. No, that's, that's, that's wisdom right there. That's wisdom. So for the person that's in a state right now where they've un they now understand their gift, maybe it's speaking, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's singing, how do they take that gift to a place where they can get a monetary value from it? Because a lot of people get ha have, have identified their gifts, but they don't know how to convert that into a way that they can provide for themselves and their families. What do you suggest to those people? So do you remember from the 70s what the big raw was? What was, what was big in the 70s? <sighs> Disco? Well, disco was yeah. <laughs> disco was one of them. The other was karate. Okay. So who am I talking about in karate? Karate Kid. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Right. Bruce yes. Lee. So you know uh, we used to always go and we sit in the movies and watching Bruce Lee. Yeah. And and um, so in in the seventies uh, I used to watch all the Bruce Lee movies mm -hmm. and I was like I want to be that I want to be just like right. Bruce Lee and you come out and you're kicking mm -hmm. and you, oh you're yeah. kicking in and you're uh, uh, you, you're emu emulating what was on this right. on the screen. Um, but then I actually went to karate school. Okay. Right. Cause I, and I, I ended up getting my black belt by the time I gradu graduated high school. Oh, nice. Uh, and then left from there into college and was on the college uh, karate team. Oh, wow. So the reason I bring that up is because I had a master, I had a sensei. Hmm. Hmm. Right. And I didn't always like what my sensei said mm -hmm. or what my sensei did, but it taught discipline. Right. And he taught me what I needed to know in order to excel from a white belt to a black belt within Taekwondo, mm, right? Right. Which ties to what you just asked me. Mm. Find a master mm. in whatever it is that That's your good. field is That's good. and let them teach you. Mm. That's good. That's good. How does one go about finding a master, right? The well, it, they either, uh, again, divine intervention, if they, mm -hmm. you end up together, or you seek it. Mm. You have to go out and look for, it, you know, whatever it is that you want, like yeah. anything else in the world. If you want it, you got to go out and put the work in for it to get it. That's awesome. And so you had many masters or in your life. How did you find, I guess, the, the ideal person that was to help you to get to your journey, to get to your process, to where you are today? Well, I don't think it's always the ideal person mm -hmm. as it is. So, like the city councilman I met, yeah, uh, he 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 was great, mm -hmm. inspirational. He took me where he needed to take me in mm -hmm. that part of the journey. Mm -hmm. um, there were other people that came along that took me where they needed to take me in that part of the journey. I don't think that there is a right person. Mm -hmm. You you go and you have the experience and you learn what you have to learn, right? right? So I had a corporate manager and I had a corporate client that I cannot stand at one time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did not treat people well, mm -hmm. just just not a good person yeah. from my perspective, mm -hmm. right? So instead of complaining about that, yeah. I had to learn what not to do to other people, wow. what not behaviors to, to display, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but that was part of the journey to get to where I am now, right. you know, so my my uh, staff thinks that I'm an excellent leader and, mm -hmm. and, and, and they enjoy working for me. Right. But it part of that comes from that negative experience wow. 
of being treated the way that I was treated mm -hmm. so that I know this is how I never want to treat someone else, right? But I would never intentionally go out and say, I want that person to mentor me, mm. right? Yeah. So again, it's, you know, you, you want to look at what you can learn and go after it with intent, right? but embrace everything that comes because everything that, that happened is meant to happen in your life and it's part of taking you to your destiny. That's good. So we can't just wish for all the good stuff. That's right. That's right. No, that's good. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Nate. Yep. So, can you switch a little bit, switch gears a little bit. Um, you have a book called From the Streets to the Boardroom. Yes. Can you tell us about that, what the premise behind it, and a little bit about the book and, and um, how people can also secure that? Okay. Well, I wrote the book for, because people always ask me, well, well, what made you write a book? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know that um, I want to help people, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I know that people like show me, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, uh, and, and I'm a strong believer in don't ask somebody to help you do something that they haven't done themselves. Right. Right. So the reason that I wrote the book was so that people could have some transparency into seeing who I am right. as a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the hopes that at some point in time our paths will cross yeah, and that if I'm able to work with them, they're not going, well, who is this guy? And that's right. not a marketing and sales thing. Right. They know something about me, the person. Right. Right. And uh, so ho hopefully people read it. And what I found is that, uh, and uh, I don't know, have you read the book? I haven't finished. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a easy read, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, I wrote it specifically so that somebody could sit down and read it within one or two sessions right right uh i kept it simplistic so that right. once whatever they read they would understand yes right um and it's transparent as to who i am as a person so if our paths cross they know what they're working with that's good i love it i love it so what would you say to that person who wants to go from from where they are to the corporate environment or to the um, coaching arena, to the, they want to be like you. They want to go and, and impact people in speaking and coaching and finance. How, do, how would you, what would you tell them? Uh, to just go their journey, take their journey. Mm -hmm. One, don't be like me. Okay. Right? Um, look, I, I, I have my own journey and I'll end up wherever it is that I end up. Mm -hmm. Be like you mm -hmm. because whoever you're destined to be may be better in terms of helping whomever you're reaching out to help, right? Um, if you're busy trying to copy who I am, then you're not being authentically who you are. Wow. And we need that on this, uh, the, the authenticness of who you are out there doing what it is that you have passion about That's to good. bring about the change that we're looking for. That's good. That's good. So what's on your mind in this season of your life, Nate? What are some of the things that you, um, I, I know that you're working on, but but for people that can hear, what are some of the things that you're working on to help people, to shift people and help them grow? Um, well, right now I, um, I do, um, with my life coaching, I'm committed to a percentage of give back because I believe that uh, from a financial standpoint, if you have, you should be, uh, you, should, you should give back. Mm -hmm. You know, there's charities there for a reason, right? Sure. To help other people. Um, so, uh, one of the commitments that I've made is that uh, no matter how busy I get, I will always work with 10 people, mm -hmm. or 10 families, wow. um, that I do free coaching for them. Wow. Uh, and that, that coaching is once a week, 
Um, and uh, it's done in a, a, a group setting. Um, so I am changing those folks' lives. And people come and go out of the group. So if someone drops out, the group has to vote on who can come in. Wow. Right? Um, and so it's changing at, at that point. At any given time, it's changing 10 people's lives or 10 families' lives. Um, and, you know, the book, uh, I'm working on uh, two other books right now. Okay. Uh, because From the Streets to the Boardroom tells the story, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell the how. Uh, right? So uh, the, the, the next book is really talking about the specifics that I used of how I accomplished those things. Awesome. If that makes sense. I can't, wait. Sense. I can't yeah. wait for that one. Yeah, and then the other thing that I'm doing is uh, called Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't have, uh, from one generation to the next, of information being handed down and handed down, right? True. So uh, everyone's like, the, 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 I guess a common phrase is, the rich get richer, the poor get poor. And they think that the rich get richer because of their money. Mm. And it's not necessarily because of the money. Does the money help? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's the knowledge that's being passed down from one generation to another. Right. So case in point, everybody's heard of the Vanderbilt family. Yes. But everybody knows that the Vanderbilt family is broke. Mm. They went into bankruptcy. Mm. Right? So, And so what happens is generation to generation, if you're not transitioning that knowledge, right, mm. the money gets lost. It right. gets little. It gets lower and lower and lower until wow. it's gone. Wow! Right. So you can have a lot of money, right? And you can use that money to be wealthy or maintain your wealth. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the knowledge, you can lose it. That's good. Now, statistically, if any family has a legacy that they leave or an inheritance that they leave usually within one generation but definitely two the money's gone wow so that's part of why i'm I'm setting up legacy and Mm -hmm. why i'm doing financial workshops on uh people to understand generational wealth Mm -hmm. right so i tell people when i do the workshops or when i'm working with them from a coaching perspective uh, you know, you work all your life, and if you're lucky, you know, you have two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars left over when you die. Yeah. And what do you do? You leave it to your grandkid. You leave it to your kid, or you leave it to your grandkid. Yeah. What have you taught them to prepare for that three or four hundred thousand dollars? Nothing. When they get that four, three, four hundred thousand dollars, what happened? A guy or a girl shows up, whisper in their ears, and that money's gone. Yeah. Or they run right out and they go, oh, I always wanted this sports car. Uh, oh, I'm going to buy this. Oh, I'm going to buy that. And the money's gone. So right. what did you do all of that hard work for when you could have left the legacy um, where, uh, and, and this is this is something I, I work with people on too, is that um, you, you leave the legacy of money so that, so for my family, any of my nieces and nephew and any of their kids and their kids, kid and kid, they will, if they go to college, they don't have to worry about where book money is coming from or where their spending money is coming from. They don't have to be the kid that's strapped on the campus yeah. because as long as they're there, as long as they're maintaining a C-plus average, mm-hmm. they will get money from, money from my trust. Wow. Right? 
And that's the kind of thinking that we have to start doing, long-term thinking of how do I take everything that I've learned and pass that down to Nate Ross's generation five times from now, eight times from now, ten times from now. So they'll be talking about Uncle Nate, and Uncle Nate's been dead for 100 years, but still having an impact, has still having an impact mm -hmm. on um, the family life. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's where would one learn you don't learn that you can't learn that in school most likely right you can't learn this kind of information I think that's the frustrating part about this and I'm so glad you're creating this program because where would somebody get this well you, you learn it well for my case yeah. I've learned it from being around people who know it right and that teach it to their families right and um, some of it was absorbed at an early age where I'm learning from my friends who are it's being handed down to them and I'm learning from them right, right? others is I someone pulled me up under their wing and said let me teach you a thing or two and it was like you know um, I, I remember when I first started my job right out of college there was a gentleman uh, Jim Ranker very nice guy who worked at the college and the first thing he said to me when we met was you got you money you got any money putting you in your uh, TIA craft and I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Right now? <laughs> and and uh, TIA Cref is the, the, the university college setting of 401k. Oh, okay. Right? So, um, and I was like, no, he's I'm, he's, I'm going to tell you, put 10% away and don't look back. Mm. Right? I'm like, okay. What do I got to lose? I'm new to I'm new to working and right. it was more money than I was ever used to having. So right. I, I put the 10% away. But then when I start paying attention to it, I'm like, I need to put more away, mm. right? Uh, when I saw what the 10% would deliver me, then I was like, I gotta put more away. Mm. So it's learning the lessons, even though somebody gives you the piece of information, take that piece of information mm. and then learn as much as you can about it, right? So uh, if in America, I think we teach 10%. Yeah. You put 10% in. Mm. Look, what does 10% do for you? Uh, it, can you live off of 10% at, uh, for the rest of your life when you retire? No. It'll become a supplemental right. to your Social Security. True. Right? So if you want to be like everybody else, put 10% away. Mm. Right? And, I'm, I'm, and I just went through this conversation mm -hmm. with my nephew. He just got out of college. He's in his first year. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, more money than he ever know, had mm -hmm. ever seen. Right? Yeah. So I said, first thing that you do is you put 30% of your, your money into your 401k. Mm. You're not going to miss it because you never had it. Mm. You're going to still have more money than you need in order to live off That's of. That's good. Right? Wisdom. But uh, that 30% will make him a multimillionaire when he retires mm. and that's only going to age 50. Wow. So he's already if he follows that path, he yeah. can he can retire at age 50 if he chooses to. Right. So um, that's what it's a really about is understanding uh, you know the numbers and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So yeah. you know if he puts away third I think I did it for him at 10%. If yeah. he put 10% away now until he's 50 He'll get like three million dollars. Wow! He puts away thirty percent until he's fifty. He walks away with sixteen million dollars. Wow! Right? Wow! Because um, it's not hard to get rich. Yeah. You just got to understand how to do it, mm -hmm. right? And it's real easy. Yeah. Time, a little bit of money, mm -hmm. compounding interest. Mm -hmm. But it's got to have all three of those things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
you can't start at 30 mm. and get the same result as a 20 year old because mm. they That's got right. time on that side. That's right. That, 20, that 10 years of compounding interest becomes a huge number. Makes sense. Right? So uh, the younger you are, mm-hmm. putting away a small, consistent amount of money that's right. compounding, that's the secret yeah. to, to getting wealthy. That's awesome. And then whatever else you do, it's just fun. Wow. Right? And that's what yeah. I told him. Yeah. Follow it no matter what you do. Um, so I, I think he, he's coming out of college and he's starting at 62000 mm. More money he knows what wow. to do with. That's really great for starting yep. out of college. Yep. So if he put that money away... He already knows what the end result is. Yeah. So all the cash that now comes into him, he can do whatever he want with. If right. you want to blow it all, okay, <laughs> blow it, right? But that money is going to be there. Right. 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 But I, I hope to teach him not to blow all that yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're you're really making an impact in your family and 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 beyond. So I think that's great, Nate. Um, anything else you want to add before I ask our final? Yeah. Question. So the the other piece of the uh, that I'm working on is the legacy website, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be doing uh, ten and fifteen minute, maybe my ten yeah ten to fifteen minute video clips mm-hmm. that uh, will have this type of information on it. Yes. So that people will be able to go and pull that information up, and they don't have to worry about when they can do it. They can do it twenty four seven, right? Yeah. Uh, and they can have access to all types of information and it's not someone um trying to sway them mm-hmm. to do something right? right i have no i i'm i'm not vested one way or the other mm-hmm. i'm giving you neutral information and either you use it or you don't mm. and i uh, we'll have that information in the show notes but is there any any specific resource you want to point them to that we can put okay yeah so for for so for the book they mm-hmm. can go to uh Amazon.com yep. for the book. They can go to NathanielXRoss.com to my website to yep. get the book. Um, the Legacy uh, website will probably kick off in the next uh, three to six months. Okay. Uh, but all that information is readily available NathanielXRoss.com. Excellent. So you guys heard it, NathanielXRoss.com. Now for our final question. Uh, okay. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> the final question is, Nate, what is the difference between your gift and your purpose. What's the difference between your gift and your purpose? What is the difference between your gift and your purpose? And if I told you that they're one and the same, uh, everybody is born with a gift, mm-hmm. right? And whether you use it or not is up to you. Mm-hmm. But that's your purpose for being on the planet. Mm-hmm. Everybody is here for a reason. Right. Most of us just haven't figured out why we're here, haven't taken the time to figure out why we're here, mm-hmm. and then fulfilling that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Sweet. if you find your gift, you find your purpose. Wow. See, that's concise and straightforward, very simple. Yeah. You find your gift, you find your purpose. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Wonderful, Nate. This has been excellent. We truly appreciate you coming on the show. We know that the listeners are going to be blessed by all the information. Uh, again, go to NathanielXRoss.com to get all access to all the resources, the book from, from the streets to the boardroom. Make sure to uh, check out the Legacy Program launching soon. Um, again, Nate, thank you for, ha- for coming on the show and for blessing us with your presence here physically in the office. Um, any, any last final words? Well, it, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, and I would say to, to your listeners, uh, just go to my website and I do, uh, 
uh, 30-minute free session for anybody that wants that exposure to coaching yeah. to understand the importance of it. Um, I actually, if you if you're kind enough to give me your email address, yeah. you'll get my uh, ebook. Yeah. That will uh, tell you the importance of, of, of having a coach. Absolutely. Uh, and then you get the 30-minute session on top of it. Look at so, that. Yeah. Take advantage of that at DanielHRoss.com. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me come in. I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks, Nate. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S.com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.